Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Joining us now, fresh out of the press conference, NRL.com senior writer Brad Walter. Brad, uh, messy mucky, but for West Tigers fans, is there light on the horizon? Yeah, hi, Staffy. Yeah, I, I look, I, I reckon it's a fresh start. Like, um, they've just blown the joint up and they're starting again. Um, they've brought in some heavy hitters in um, Barry O'Farrell, the former New South Wales Premier who's going to be the chairman, and, the, and Shane Richardson, who has um, basically taken the Cronulla Sharks from liquidation to the uh, the Super League Grand Final in 97, uh, took the Penrith Panthers from the Wooden Spoon in 2001 to a premiership in 2003, and came in when Souths were basically um, struggling for survival after being kicked out of the comp, had no money, had no players, etc., and... Um, you know, along with Nick Pappas and other people there at South, they got Russell Crowe involved, rebuilt the club and won a premiership in 2014, have made, uh, I think it's eight of the last preliminary finals and, you know, been in two grand finals, won one. So turned turn the Rabbitohs into a powerhouse. So I think they've got the right people there in charge. Uh, and Shane Richardson, interestingly, said the West Tigers isn't his be- biggest challenge and he, he referenced uh, just what I said to you about Souths, but also about how the Cronulla Sharks were in in liquidation in, in I think it was 1994, and uh, and were playing in a grand final in 1997. So um, it's uh, yeah, he, he believes that there's there's a lot of promise with the Tigers. Uh, they've got a coach who uh, is um, you know has deep connections to the club, understands the club, albeit that he's a rookie coach. A, a great junior nursery that they. You know that out at Campbelltown in particular, that they really need to uh, nurture and take advantage of. And then, obviously, um, he spoke. He waxed lyrically about um, about Jerome Luai and wanting. Uh, you know, and, and he. I know that Shane Richardson had tried to get um, Jerome Luai to South Sydney before. So I think there's no doubt they're going to go all in for Jerome Luai uh, and Tanua Blake. Um, Richo also said he's obviously a good player. You know, a, a great front rower, a leader, um, sort of person they'd want, but he was going to have some dis- discussions with Benji Marshall about exactly where they're at with, uh, you know, with, with their recruitment targets. So, so Shane Richardson, he sounds like he's a man with a golden touch, but, is, you know, you'd, you'd have to wonder why he's not, not been uh, with a club for a while. Is he, is he an expert at imploding clubs and repairing them? Well, I think he's an expert at... I think what well, track record says he comes into clubs when they're at the bottom and gets them, takes them to the top. He left the Rabbitohs after they won the comp in 2014. He went and worked for the NRL. 
uh, and then the Rabbitohs, you know, suddenly weren't going so well um, about two years later, and Russell Crowe got him back to the Rabbitohs as the GM of football, and you know, and, and uh, they had, they went through the situation with you know uh, Michael Maguire being sacked, uh, Anthony Seibold coming in, Anthony Seibold walking out of them, um, you know, and then Richardson recruited um, you know Wayne Bennett who took them to a grand final and. Uh, and he, I think he left during the uh, COVID, you know, when, when the COVID happened and everyone was cutting costs, um, I think that they decided, you know, that they had, you know, effectively they, they were running two CEOs and, uh, and he left then and he's been, uh, he's been running a, a business with his, um, with his son, a sort of a, a, um, a, a, a management business. And but I think there's no doubt he's, um, he's, uh, he's got a, a desire, I suppose, you know, still got a hunger to get back to be involved in the in in the game, and you know, this opportunities has has come up. Now, Sammy Hewitt, our league man here, he told me that the the chair, the former chair, the very recently former chair, is also involved in the company that is the West Tigers' major sponsor. Is is that going to get icky? I think at the moment that Brighton's lawyers are. They're locked in for for another for one more year at least for for 2024, mm-hmm. and uh, Lee Hatcher has said that they that he will honour that commitment. Um, um, what what will happen going forward? How messy that will get? I'm not I'm not a, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, Lee has been very he's very upset about the way that the board was dissolved, um, and, and and I suppose the review into the governance of the club. Um, so it remains to be seen whether Lee uh, or whether Brian's lawyers continue with West Tigers long term. But one thing that Shane Richardson said is West Tigers aren't lacking for money. Mm. They, they've got you know wealthy backers behind them. Um, uh, West Sasswood League Club is 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 massive. They're up there with like Parramatta and Canterbury. You know those those sort of clubs that have got strong leagues club backing. So I don't think money is an issue. Um, and I'm sure, you know, if they're winning, they'll get another sponsor. So, but look, um, Bryden's lawyers is on board for for another 12 months. So that's really an issue for, you know, for down the track, I suppose. The main the main issues that the Tigers have got in the short term are restructuring their board, um, which is going to be which is going to now revolve have four independents and a representative of Balmain Tigers, West Magpies, and the Holman Barnes Group, which is um, effectively the financial. Uh, powerhouse of, of the club, so um, so there'll be like in, independent uh, directors will be will have the balance of power there. Um, so, but they obviously need to go and find the right people uh, for for, for the, those roles, and then obviously the football side of it. And Shane Richardson reckons the roster is you know probably seventy percent uh, there. A lot of good young kids, uh, young players, young talent um, who deserve an opportunity and obviously some of them will rise um, and then go and supplement that with some big signings and he thinks the rest of it will take care of itself. So I would say that the West Tigers are in a far better position or, or the, the hope, the, the, you know, the, the hope and the optimism uh, about around the West Tigers is should be the sentiment should be far uh, better today than it was yesterday. You given, mean... that, given that, you know, wooden spooners, mm. um, clubs been at rock bottom, they've had nine coaches since Tim Sheens was sacked in 2012. 
Um, you know, so and that's another thing that Richardson stressed was there needs to be stability. You can't just keep chopping and changing every year, going into the market, trying to sign a big name player, sacking a coach, sacking a coach, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Benji Marshall's got the you know, obviously got uh got the backing there of uh of Shane Richardson to um you know, to, to develop into the job. It, it it's a real if they go for Jerome Lewis, which it sounds like they are, if they get him this this could be a really empowering position for Jerome Luai to to do a Nathan Cleary to do you know w- what other halves have done with clubs. This could be a really really good thing for him. No, oh, absolutely. That's the opportunity that they'll be offering him to be the marquee player, to be the uh, leader on and off the field. You know, the playmaker, and to really stamp himself as one of the great. Um, you know the great um, playmakers in the in the NRL competition, and um, you know he's done a lot of things, but uh, he, he's basically done everything in the game, to be honest. Um, uh, Jerome Luai, but he's done it a lot playing alongside um, Nathan Cleary, who gets all the headlines and all the raps. So, you know, that's I'm sure that's what the West Tigers would be selling him is that he can come to the Tigers and he can be the man, and if he can lead them from you know from rock bottom to you know, well, ho- ideally, hopefully a premiership. Um, you know, that's he's going to be a, you know, who, that will he will become like the next Benji Marshall, won't he? You know, mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, West Tigers are a massive club. They're really popular and really well supported. Um, so if you can be the face of the West, the West Tigers, and they're successful, um, you know, that yeah, that you're going to be you're a, that means you're a, a superstar of the game. Was this, like, we know there's been unrest at West for quite some time and, and the Benji Marshall, Nofaluma thing in, the, in recent days as well. Um, the magnitude of change at West Tigers, was that forecast that an independent review would recommend CEO, chair, board, all gone, would actually be implemented by the very committee that employed the external? Was, were you expecting something as big as this? Well, no, and as they say, turkeys don't vote for Christmas, but in this case they did. Um, which that's not an original line, obviously, and it's, but yeah, it's relevant to this, isn't it? Um, uh, so no, like, I think, I, I, I think it was a surprise. I think people knew there were going to be significant changes. Probably the focus was on the chairman and, and the CEO, but I don't think every, anybody realised that the board would basically sack themselves. Uh, as as they've done, um, and I would think that their reasons for doing so obviously show that they care about the club and they've done so in the best interests of the club. Um, because it would have been very easy for the board, the board members, to say, "Hang on a sec, we're not, yeah, we agree with all these other recommendations, but we're not give, we're not giving up our jobs." Mm. Um, you know, so yeah, I think I think I think it's a huge. Obviously, it's a huge decision. It's really significant, but like this is a club that has been, you know, they won the premier, they formed the joint venture in 2000. They won the premiership in 2005. Um, they've made a few final series, but you know, the, the great joke about them was that they, they West Tigers always finished ninth. Well, the last couple of years, West Tigers have been finishing last or or close enough to last. So, um, it's, I thought it was pretty clear that um, there needed to be some change, and and obviously this. You know, hopefully this will set the Tigers on the right path. We're talking to Brad Walter, NRL.com senior writer. Um, Vegas, Vegas. It's end of February, early March, but some of the players from 
from Manly, the Roosters, Souths and Broncos, of course, they're playing up there. They're over there promoting the matches. Um, there was a story this week that one of the biggest headaches for the NRL was getting goalposts over there, which is kind of funny. Uh, what do you make? You've been around the game and well-connected in the game. What do you make of this Vegas venture? Well, like, region, like, you know, there's always, rugby league's always had the American dream. Mm. You know, and it's been tried on a few occasions. Um, it was 87, the, took the state of origin game to California. 2004, the Kangaroos played in Philadelphia. Um, 2008, the Rabbitohs played Leeds in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, 2016, the Kiwis played England in Denver. But they've always been, you know, it's always been like, we'll go over there, we'll talk ourselves up, um, we'll give it a crack, and then we never, and then we never follow through where they're all been one-off one-off hits whereas on this occasion the NRL has committed to five years in Vegas um, so however well it goes this year um, they no doubt will build on it uh, so I think that's one thing don't expect though there is no expectation that this is going to be huge this year and there it's probably going to be um, a moder- moderately successful um, I've got no doubt it'll be moderately successful. Um, it may not be any better than that, but it will be more successful next year or in 2025 20, and, 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 and the year after, et cetera, as it grows. Um, I think there's a lot more to it than just the NRL match, double header. The, you know, there's a lot of focus on, on gambling, I suppose, the, you know, tie-ups with gambling companies and that. But I think it's really exposing rugby league to Americans using Fox, who have a big reach over there to broadcast the game in prime time in the US. So a lot of getting a lot of eyeballs on the game. But I also believe that there's a lot of work going on at grassroots level. There will be involvement with the, um, you know, the, the uh, playing, yeah, basically there'll be involvement with, the, with, with rugby league in America and with clubs and players and teams. So there'll be um, some, a lot of stuff happening. There's going to be a combine um, so t- I think it's 25 men and 25 women uh, will be effectively, you know, try- trialling or trying out for NRL contracts or the opportunities to come and play in Australia to get into pathway systems he- uh, here, uh, Australia or New Zealand, uh, in the NRL. And I, and I think I'd be pretty excited about the prospects that we'll find some uh, female athletes in particular um, who, who, you know, may... may um, eventually make their way to the NRLW. So I, I think it's a it's a the best opportunity or the best commitment, uh, the greatest commitment the game has had to actually um, you know make, making some headway in the United States and, um, and and beginning to grow the game there. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about it. Um, as I said, I don't expect it's going to be you know the, the, this is only the first year it's going to get. It'll get bigger over in years, you know, two, three, four, and five. Um, I, I, I believe, and it'll have a greater impact uh, as well. But th- so this is really getting there, um, getting just getting started, creating some awareness. And I've never met an American who has seen rugby league that d- doesn't like it. You know, so that's a, the hardest part is exposing Americans to rugby league, and that's what this is all about. 
And I've often thought it's such an untapped resource for rugby and rugby league, those athletes, the, the college football players who don't get the NFL contract, thousands of them, thousands of these six foot four blokes that can run 11 and a half second hundreds. Um, you just need to show them the game. Well, just so back to my point about the NRLW, so, yeah, obviously there's going to be, you know, college athletes that don't make it into the NFL um, trialling out, um, but they have no rugby league pedigree. You think about the way that the women's game is like, is like every year, every season, the standard just gets higher and higher. Mm. But we're coming off a situation where we didn't have, um, you know, we didn't have a, comp- a competition five or six years ago. We didn't have that many players playing it. So a lot of our players, a lot of players that are playing in it are reasonably new. To it and they've picked it up really quickly. And just an exa- as an example, Sheridan Gallagher played on the wing for the Newcastle Knights this year and was one of the leading try scorers in the NRLW. She had played two games of rugby league in her life, which were prior to this season, which were last year when she was suspended. She was the uh, uh, she was the um, uh, young Matilda's captain at the two at the 2022 World Cup in South America, and she played for the Western Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, she got suspended. Uh, she, she was frustrated, uh, and she went down and trained um, with uh, with um, uh, one of the one of the local um, New South Wales Cup women's teams. Trained. She played two games, uh, and then the, the night saw her, and they offered her a contract, and she went and played. So that, you know, you imagine how many girls or women there are over there on, let's say, soccer scholarships mm. in the United States who are unbelievable athletes and who could pick rugby league up just like Sheridan Gallagher did. So I think that's where, um, I think that's going to be really exciting. If we could get six or eight or ten American women playing in the NRLW, the exposure that will that will give the game um, is huge. And that's, you know, that's the women's side of it. The men's side, I think, is going to be harder to crack, but obviously the rewards are, are going to be, are probably going to be greater. But, you know, women's sport is huge in America um, and, it, and it's growing around the rest of the world as well too. So I, I just see there's a, there's so many opportunities aside from this, the, the NRL doubleheader. Mm. Brilliant. Brad Wilder, always enjoy your input, always enjoy our conversations, mate. Thanks each for chatting to us so quickly after that press conference with West Tigers. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Staffy. See you, mate.